there, and welcome to The Culture Connective. I'm your host, Mariam, and you're joining me today to discuss navigating life as a third culture minority, how to live in your authenticity, and embracing the daily hustle. My purpose is to bring you empowering conversations and stories that resonate, inspire, make you laugh, and maybe even give you the tools to tap into your inner authentic self. So sit back, get cozy, and tune in weekly for a fresh episode. I'll see you then. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining me back today for episode three. Before we dive into today's topic, can we take a moment to realize that this year is ending in about three and a half weeks? Like, wow. Like how? I mean, I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. It felt like it was January, like yesterday. I mean, this year has flown by and that is just blowing my mind. Um, Three and a half weeks. That is so terrifying, but also really exciting because 2023 feels like it's going to be a great year. Knock on wood. I do hope that you take this time to reflect on your year the good, the bad, and the ugly. And most importantly, give yourself some kudos um, on how far you have come. Many times we look at, you know, the last 12 months is like, just like what you've accomplished and, and how far you've gone and so on and so forth. And sometimes we get bogged down by comparing ourselves to other people's progresses. So, you know, Maybe take a mind, mindset shift this time around and give yourself some, some credit for how far you've come because this was not an easy year. I mean, this is year three going into the pandemic and reflect back and give yourself the credit that you've made it this far and you're sticking to whatever goals you've actually put your mind to. And um, if some goals were maybe not accomplished, then it's cool next year. There's a new, there's like a new opportunity next year. So, but anyways, back to it. How many of y'all have actually sat here and told yourself you're proud of you? You're proud of how far you've come. I hear some crickets. I know. I know. It's, we're not programmed. Us daughters of immigrants and female immigrants are not programmed to tell ourselves that we are proud of us. We are proud of of all the work we've done. We are proud of how far we've come. And for those of us that are actually doing that, we're breaking a huge cycle. We're breaking a huge generational cycle. So I want you to take a moment and just take that in. Just like sit there and just take it in. You're standing here today. You've done the work. You keep doing the work. You're building a huge future for yourself. You're changing the tides. The dynamics are no longer what they used to be. So I think it's okay for you to recognize that. And I think it's okay for you to tell yourself that you're proud of you. So that dives in to today's episode, which is literally, as I mentioned earlier, on breaking generational cycles. So for those of you female powerhouses that are doing the damn thing, 
this episode is for you. And so on today's episode, we're going to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. And maybe near and dear to a lot of um, women, immigrants, and daughters of immigrants. Um, this is something that we are very much aware of, but we don't talk about it enough. We don't analyze what we're doing and how we're doing it to actually recognize it. Um, when I brainstormed a little bit about this topic, I wanted it to make sense. And so I kind of broke it down in topics, like, oh, sorry, in subtopics. I was like, okay, you move from one place to the next and you grow up here. Um, the decisions that you make slash the decisions that you fight for, you break, you know, tradition, you break the norms. Like, what does it actually impact? How does it impact your life, your future generation's life? And it all ties back to breaking a massive generational cycle, especially if you're very much in tune um, to what has, like, how your older generation practiced life and made decisions. So, like, the first thing that came to mind was figuring out college and careers and maybe that the first this is the first thing that came to mind to me um because when I I moved here when I was 16 and so I started or I continued high school and then I moved on to college I was like the first um, woman in my family to leave home and pursue an undergrad degree um, even though I was two and a half hours away from home that was a massive milestone like no one had done that before and I look back at, at 2009 and I'm like, holy crap. I mean, like I've never lived out, I've never lived on my own. Like I, I don't, I didn't know how to live on my own. That, that was something that I used to watch on TV and go, cool, that's so nice. Like to have your own apartment or to live in the city on your own and, you know, make your own decisions. But like, that's never going to be me. And then it happened. And I give credit to my parents for being incredibly open-minded and trusting, um, especially my mom. I mean, she was really the one who pushed to make it happen. Like, I'm so grateful for them because I would not be here today if it wasn't for that decision to let me go so that I can spread my wings and grow a spine. So high school was definitely an interesting chapter um, in my life where I knew I was going to leave home for college and that's it. Like, you know, uh, the, like, I didn't know what the future was going to hold. It was more so I, like, I wanted the experience of independence. That, that was really it. Like I wanted to experience independence so that I could grow a backbone and be comfortable living life at my own terms. Um, and I'm glad that happened. I'm really glad that happened. Because again, like I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for that experience. And a lot of us, like, like I look back and I'm like, the generation above me, a lot of the women didn't get to do that. Like they, it, this was not normal. This was you don't you don't just leave home and pursue an education. 
and then, you know, continue doing your thing, like either pursuing a master's or, you know, like a professional, like a pursuing your studies further or getting a job and like moving away from your hometown. Like that's, that's a concept that doesn't really exist. And for those of us that are taking that plunge and most importantly, for those of us that are fighting for this right, you're breaking a massive cycle. Like, I hope you realize this because your daughters are going to have a very different life because you chose to have that different life. So just even from like the beginning like of time, like, uh, sorry, not the beginning of time, um, just like from like a, the beginning of your adulthood, figuring out how to navigate college without having anyone to ask questions or like, you know, like not having older cousins who older female cousins who, who left home and to pursue an education or having, you know, your parents do the same, like you figuring it out on your own, balancing studies, balancing extracurriculars, balancing work. I pick, I mean, I started where I think I was working mm, pretty much every semester except my first semester in college. Not because, you know, like my parents had forced me to, but because that was like my, like that was me figuring out like, okay, I need to earn money because I'm here on my own and I wanted independence. So I'm going to prove to myself that I can earn my own money and like, you know, pay for my expenses and continue my education. Like I'm going to prove to myself and to everybody around me that I am very much capable of making it all happen, that I'm not, you know, that my parents sending me home, sending me away to college um, was not a big mistake. Like that was something that I held very much in my heart. Like I knew that what they had decided or, you know, that they like sending me away was like kind of honestly a bit of a, um, a bit of a, I don't, it's not, scandal's the wrong word, but like, it was like a shock, you know? And, and I recognize that now. I mean, in the community, like nobody really did that. And in my family, in my extended family, no one really did that either. So for my parents to do that, I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't be, uh, like that decision would not have been, like not be a mistake on their part. So to those of you that are fighting for this and literally like making it happen, like I see you, you're not alone. And more power to you for making sure that you're pursuing the life that you want. So keep going is this is just the beginning and I promise it will get better. The other really big thing to realize when you're breaking a generational cycle is that you are transitioning into adulthood on your own. Especially, you know, when you if you don't have older cousins that broke um, rules or traditions, you're doing this on your own. You're pursuing, you know, you're spending however long to pursue that undergrad. And then it's like, okay, what's the next move after that? Do I further my education 
aka buy more buy more time into my freedom um, and get like a specialist degree and then practice like a job that my parents are going to approve of or sorry, a career that my parents are going to approve of? Or do I take that bold route and tell them that I am going to actually apply for a few jobs and no, it's not going to be in my hometown, which means I'm not going to move back home. Um, I may potentially move out of state and then just deal with the wrath after that or like the disappointment or the conversations that, you know, pursue the whole like, wait, hold on. I thought you were good with four years of freedom um, or you're not going to pursue um, a professional degree. So like, uh, sorry, a specialist degree. So why does it make like, why are you trying to like stay away from home? You know? So that's like a huge transition into adulthood. Like those conversations, like only daughters of immigrants and immigrant daughters, sorry, immigrant women have with their parents. Um, it, it's a hard, it's a tough conversation. Honestly, it's like, you know, you feel like you're dropping a huge bomb on them and, and they are processing it and, and, you know, they're not understanding your point of view. All they're looking at it is like something that, you know, it's almost like they're looking at it as if you don't want to come back home. And of course that breaks your heart into a million pieces, but what they don't realize is how much you're growing and how much you're expanding your own personal knowledge um, and how much you're, how, how hard you're working to acclimate to this, to this life, to this Western lifestyle. Um, you didn't grow up knowing how to apply for jobs or how to knock out in your interviews, you know, or how to negotiate for pay or how to know what's a, what's a good benefit package and what's how, what's a, not a good benefit package. Like you don't grow up with any of that. So like just looking back at those years, the, the processes that you had to go through, the, the kind of like the roller coaster ride that you had to deal with, like give yourself a pat on the back and say, holy moly, I just broke a massive generational cycle. I did this. My future daughter, if you choose to have children and if you have daughters, is not going to have to go through this because I've already gone through this because and that I can actually advise her and like be there as a partner and a support system. Like just, you know, process that in and like think about it. Like that's big. The other big thing that I want to highlight is surrounding bills and finances. Um, if you had no money management idea because a parent took care of things, you were fortunate enough to have a parent take care of you know, your finances, or you were kind of just going the flow and earning a paycheck to pay off your bills and your expenses, um, having a zero knowledge on investments will not come as a surprise to anyone. Okay. And this I've noticed is very, very common among us women. Um, uh, when I say women, again, like this is daughters of immigrants, immigrant women, aka myself, um, we were not spoon-fed the knowledge of investments and finances and debt and loan and this and that. We kind of just went with the flow. And I realized like now in my 30s how important it is to have this financial knowledge, to have it's, it's almost like a superpower because when you're financially stable and you're financially equipped, 
uh, to make really smart decisions and you have investments in your name and you have, you know, you name it, it kind of gives you a superpower. So it makes me think like, is this just like, is this just the small group of us that, you know, didn't realize it until our, our like mid to late twenties or is this a lot of us that are slowly starting to learn how important it is to have your financial independence. Now, I do want to say that if you did grow up with financial knowledge, you are in uh, the rare group of daughters of immigrants that were taught this. So please do go thank your parent because, I mean, this it's rare and it's amazing. I like I, I for one like, I mean, I want to teach my. I don't have kids, but I do want to teach like any of my younger cousins, like how important female cousins, how important it is to have that knowledge, have that, like, you know, that, that, that that it should be the first thing on their mind, honestly, because that financial freedom, like no one can take that away from you. That's yours to keep. That gives you the backbone to make those very important decisions in your life. And honestly, like, I'm just, it kind of makes me really upset that it, it just keeps getting swept under the rug. Like parents are not making an effort to educate their daughters on being financially free. Like, I mean, it's 2022. Can we stop doing that? Another big one that I came to realize was surrounding lifestyle choices. And um, growing up, you know, there wasn't, I, I observed among the immigrant communities that there, there wasn't much of a focus on, on lifestyle choices that tied to physical health and fitness, but also mental health and fitness. I mean, I feel like immigrants are, should be the first people to, you know, uh, prioritize mental health. Uh, it's not easy to pack up and just leave your home country and then start a brand new life in the middle of nowhere from scratch. So it, it always surprised me that mental health was something that wasn't really considered important. Like, great, you know, resilience is important. Yes, proving that you're resilient, resilient is great, but who are you proving it to? If you're pr trying to prove it to other people, that's like, that's not even, there, there's no point in doing that because you're sacrificing your mental health, which in effect will sacrifice the mental health of your children. And so they'll grow up not knowing how to prioritize that. And for those of us that are, that are prioritizing our mental health by doing the work, by actually seeing a therapist, by prioritizing our health and fitness so that we can have a healthy mind, so that our future generation can have healthy lifestyles. Again, you're breaking a huge cycle. And I wish more people saw, saw that. Um, it, I mean, it blows my mind that we're sitting here in 2022 and meant like talking about mental health and talking about therapy and seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist is like still considered so taboo. And I speak specifically, um, in respect 
of the South Asian, like in the Pakistani community and in the auto community. Like you don't talk about seeing a therapist. You don't casually bring it up in conversation. In fact, um, it, it just, it just blows my mind that it's like something that's looked at in a very negative manner. I mean, I think it should be looked at in a positive way. Like you're doing the work. You're talking to someone who's teaching you how to communicate, who's teaching you how to work past trauma, who's teaching you how to have a better, you know, have better relationships. Yet somehow we're sitting in this dynamic where, oh my God, I cannot tell auntie so-and-so that I am seeing a therapist because she's going to think I'm crazy. In fact, I've actually heard someone say this, like, like they were like, oh my God, like you're getting therapy. Like make sure you don't talk to talk about it broadly or don't mention it. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, therapy, life coach, like, hello, isn't that like, if, if I say life coach, does that, does that sound better? Like, does that sound less scary? I mean, it just blows my mind. Like, why is it like this? Like, why is it like this in our community? It, it just doesn't make sense. So for those of us that are actually doing the work, give yourself another pat on the shoulder because hell or sorry, a pat on the back because hello, you are making your future better. You're making your future generation's life way better. And you are brave to actually acknowledge that something needs to change. So I applaud you. I really do. Oh, and another one on the note of therapy. I mean, think about it this way. If the generation before us uh, decided, you know, to start therapy early on, what a massive difference that would have made in our growing up phase. Um, I mean, seriously, like there are times when I'm at some, you know, get togethers and parties and whatnot, weddings, and I'm just like, auntie, you're doing the most, honey. You might need my therapist number. You know, I would do that, but I'm not trying to start a scene at someone's wedding. So anyways, I saved the best for last. Marriage. What a massive transition into adulthood, right? Um, honestly, I could probably have a whole episode on that, which I think I might at some point. Um, but yeah, so marriage, I mean, wow. This word hangs heavy on every South Asian and every Arab woman's head. It's like, if you marry, you are validated. It's like you get that Instagram blue check that, you know, you're, 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 you are, you're legit. You're married. Good job. You are now a legit functioning adult in society because you are married. It's, it's such an interesting concept to me because like, while I understand the cultural, um, like the cultural notions behind it, it still blows my mind that in 2022, we are still observing the same tactics that the generation before us leveraged to find a partner. It's like, okay, maybe picking a partner or selecting a partner from the options you were given was easy back in the day. Like, say, 
35 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever. But we are now in the present. We are now in 2022. What makes the older generation sit here and think that the same tactics that were used back in the day are still going to work today? Like, help me help help me understand. Like, if, if someone actually has the answer, hit a girl up. Because, I mean, I've personally experienced it. And while I will not go into much detail on it, you know, I'm... I've learned a lot from it. So I'm sitting in a different place now. And like I sit here and wonder, why is it that our existence, our worth is validated based on our marriage? Like, it's almost like like they won't see everything that we've accomplished up until the point we decide to get married. And if it's a marriage that is wholeheartedly approved by the elders in the community and the elders in the family and wow, like, you know, so-and-so decided to listen to our parents and get married to XYZ, like, this is going to be great. Like, that is like, that just gives that huge stamp of approval. And I mean, it's it's so interesting because you're you're willing to overlook your daughter's accomplishments like it doesn't matter what she's done in her life how far she's come how she's transitioned into adulthood on her own none of that matters but the minute she decides that she's going to spend the rest of her life with someone that you hand you handpicked that you wanted her to marry everything's good best daughter in the world so for those of us that broke the norm that broke tradition kind of went rogue, did our own thing, decided who we wanted to spend the rest of our lives with, whether it was approved in society or not. I mean, listen, you broke a massive generational cycle, okay? So I'm, I'm just going to keep reminding you that. I mean, I myself did it, and it wasn't easy, okay? It was not a field of flowers and, you know, rainbows and butterflies and whatnot. It came with a lot of struggle. It came with a lot of self Awareness, self-checking, communication, trust, partnership, patience, and I can keep going. But we did the thing, okay? We, we picked the partner. We decided that this is who we wanted to spend the rest of our lives with. Despite what society thinks, what extended family may think, or how much it bugs people, we decided to pick what made us happy. And I really do feel like the choice to make, to, you know, follow your heart and follow the decisions that make you happy, like that's not celebrated enough. That's not something that, you know, the elders in our families or in our societies will ever give us credit for. It's like, you are selfish. You're not a good example to your younger generation you are an auntie's worst nightmare. I mean, they'll never tell you this to your face, but you know very well that that's exactly what they're thinking. You can see it in their faces. You can see it in their eyes. Um, it's almost like it, it's, a, it's, a, it's mind-blowing because they'd rather you stick to the norm and stick to culture and tradition than find your north 
and do what your heart tells you to do and your brain. I'm a big believer in following your heart, but also adding your brain to it because you got to make some logical decisions. Otherwise, like it all goes to shit. This topic, I mean, there's just so much that we, that I can go into that we can talk. Like I almost wish I had a group of um, women here that did, you know, so many of the things that I mentioned earlier in, in the room, but here, instead I'm here in my closet recording, you know, one day I'm gonna have that studio though. Let me tell you for now, the stu- this little closet situation that's working, um, hopefully no tech disruptions, but what I'm saying is I, I wish I could have these conversations on this podcast with our generational cycle breakers, because we are changing the tides we're doing the damn thing. We're putting in the work. So I cannot wait to see what the generation ahead of us is going to do. I mean, this is these are dynamics that are changing. We are finding our voice. We're finding our grounding. And we kind of actually have a responsibility to make sure that we're talking about it and that we are coaching the younger generation despite how the older generation feels about it. It's our job to make sure that it doesn't just stop with us, that it doesn't get lost. Um, we are gifted with this ability to do the things that we find grounding, we find empowering. So we can't stop here. Like it's, it's a responsibility on us to make sure that the younger ones see the same and feel the same sometimes they get blindsided sometimes they're blocked like they don't they don't have the chance to sit in their true power and us as the older sisters we need you know we need to do the work to make sure that they don't get left behind there's so much we can keep talking about and i know i i want to keep this at a time limit so that it doesn't get lost in rambling and maybe, you know, if, if the chance permits, have this, have a second part to, to this um, conversation and maybe have some guests pop in here. But um, I appreciate you tuning in today. I really do. I know, um, you know, you're taking time out of your day to listen to this. And I hope if this impacts you or if this touches you in any way that, you know, I, ju- I did my job, okay? I know this was a passion project and this is something that I wanted to launch um, based off of conversations I've had with friends and family members and whatnot. But really this, the goal, the end goal of this is to make you realize that you've come this far to keep going even further. You cannot stop. You are doing a great job. You're a cycle breaker and you got to give yourself more credit. So I'm here to remind you that if there's someone who's trying to bring you down, or there are a group of people that are trying to bring you down with their toxicity, with their crusty ass energy, you got to nip that and just be like, goodbye. I don't have time for you. I'm not going to be around you. You and your crusty ass energy can like take 10, 10 feet, you know, just, just t- keep your 10 foot distance away from me. I know CDC said six foot back in the day, but I mean, I've been practicing 10 foot distance from people who literally weigh me down mentally for a very long time. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Thanks for tuning in again, and I will speak to y'all next time.